You're listening to episode 16 of the Mad Chatters podcast, January 14th, 2015. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> This is the Mad Chatters Podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney Universe. My name is Derek, and I'm here with my fellow host, Matthew. Howdy. And Jeremy. I'm surrounded by idiots. Ouch. Uh, okay, guys, there's an elephant in the room that I want to address. And uh, <laughs> No, he's not here. Uh, <laughs> on our last podcast... He passed. We ta- is that Dumbo 2? Is that the straight-to-DVD sequel that I never saw? <laughs> There was no Dumbo 2. There was plans for it, but it got canned. Thank you. Because uh, he passed. He, yeah. No, it, Thank it was you, too Bob Iger storyline. John Lasseter. But anyways, go ahead. Anyway, the other elephant I'm referring <laughs> to is on our last podcast, we talked about things we're excited about in 2015. And one of the categories was films. And somehow we neglected to mention probably what will be two of the biggest films <laughs> of all time and that is avengers 2 and star wars the force awakens which are both going to be released this year i i don't think that was an oversight we're not excited about those films cinderella is going to hey, be bigger uh, than both i don't know who we is here. <laughs> cinderella i'm just I'm kidding just a joke excited about both anyway i don't know how we overlook those i guess we're still getting used to the idea that disney owns marvel and Lucas Films, but anyway, we are very excited. They both come out this year, so uh, anyway, okay. I'm going to send it to you, Matt, because you've been keeping up with some news that's been going on at the park. So tell us what's been happening. Well, the long-awaited expansion to the Magic Kingdom Hub apparently will be opening uh, very soon. We do not know when or how soon, but uh, sources say that allegedly. <laughs> the t- the two yeah the two new fireworks they're calling them fast pass plus fireworks viewing areas um, the two that we're talking about right now are the one in front of Casey's Corner and the one on the other side in front of the Plaza Restaurant Plaza Restaurant so that was too fancy for our show the no, plaza. no I, I prefer <laughs> Plaza please yes yeah, okay the Plaza the Plaza uh, those two areas are going to be open now this is exciting to me for one reason and we'll have to wait till the 11 second rant to find out why I'm excited about it for one si- for one side but on the other side I did not realize that both and maybe this is an oversight on behalf of these sources but um, I didn't realize that both parts of this were going to be fast pass plus viewing areas. Yeah. It seems like that's going to de- defeat the purpose of opening up more traffic room for everyone else. But maybe that's part of it right now. They've got them all sequestered in the hub, right? Right where the Walt statue is. I is that where the Fast know. Pass Plus is? I Currently. would assume. Okay. As far as I know. Center. I think one side ought to be designated as children on the shoulders section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the other can be iPad. They can have four quadrants for yes. iPads, children on shoulders, <laughs> selfie sticks, and people eating hot dogs from Casey's. Oh, which okay. be over there. <laughs> and then just one section for people who just want to stand there and enjoy the fireworks without any distractions. No balloons, yeah. no light-up lightsabers that's oh. going to give me epileptic seizures. Just enjoying the fireworks. That's so right. Yeah. That's right. No talking. Yeah. No talkers. 
Well, no. you got to talk to the Disney mm-hmm. cast members about that. Yeah. Please please go faster. Please stop. No stopping here, Stay sir. Stay behind the tape. <laughs> okay, so the entire hub is not opening yet, just no, the first No, I don't know. Because apparently, judging from the concept art, one of the things I'm most excited about is the two spires they're adding down um, yeah. in front of the um, in front of the stage, which is very reminiscent of Tokyo's Tokyo Disney's castle. They have those spires down there, almost like an extension of the castle itself. Yeah, yeah, it might, it might make it feel a little more. I don't know. That stage just kind of feels thrown up there right now. Maybe that'll feel a little more official. Yeah. Anyway, also at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, uh, some more walls have come down around the new Starbucks location uh, at the end of Hollywood Boulevard. Boulevard. <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> Boulevard. And the plaza. Uh, Hollywood Boulevard uh, being rethemed as the Kali. Uh, the Kali. Good grief. We need to start talking right. I need to start talking right. The Trolley Car <laughs> Cafe, uh, new Starbucks location. More walls have come down. Signage is now visible, which Derek has informed me has been visible for a while. But Sorry. My sources have just now shown that it is visible. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Your sources and, uh, are behind. But I still like it. I like the sign. Yeah, it's very nice. It's great. It, it's almost it's almost like a new place, even though the building has been there, seeing it, um, I don't know, cleaned up on the outside, and those little carts with merchandise aren't there. It kind of looks like a brand new brand new place. Of course, the Starbucks um, logo is still covered. Uh, I guess that's the much-anticipated reveal of how they're going to theme that. I'm going to laugh if they pull that down, and it's not a Starbucks, but it's like a Waffle House or something. <laughs> they're like, yeah, well, hey, I hop. It'll be uh, <laughs> exactly or In and Out, and then what they have in California, In and Out Burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's it for the news. Unless I, unless I. Oh no no no! You lastly, about lastly, the expensive one. Yes. Oh my goodness. Um, the Derek informed me that you will be able to book the new bungalow, uh, Bora Bora bungalows. The new DVC expansion part of it at Polynesian Resort, Polynesian Village Resort. These are the ones that kind of walk, um, go out over the water, over the Seven Seas Lagoon, much like Bora Bora. Um, mm-hmm. And the prices have been released for these. People are saying, Disney, I guess, I don't know if Disney's confirming or not, but expecting to pay between $21 to $2,900 per night. For Cha-ching. these bungalows. Okay, three things. One, Bora Bora Bungalow was my nickname in high school. Just throwing that out there. Uh-huh. Number two, <laughs> that is too much money. And number three, let's just say I wanted to spend five nights in the actual Bora Bora. How much would that cost yeah, compared that to good staying thing at Disney? Including flight and yeah. food? It would cost less than three nights. This at is, least. Yeah, because <laughs> five nights there. Let's just say twenty one hundred dollars. That's ten grand for five yeah. nights. Yeah, and I'm Holy guessing. I cow. think that these. I think that these prices are accurate. Um, they're not. I don't. I guess they're not confirmed yet. But I think that the range they're giving is not necessarily a range of where it's going to land. I think you're going to see the prices be everywhere from twenty one hundred to twenty nine hundred dollars a night, depending on. I don't know if location, like which one of these you stay in, would have a have a bigger price tag. But seasonally, seasonally, I could think about like peak season, people paying three thousand, twenty nine hundred dollars, three thousand dollars a night to stay in these things. Now, I I don't know how many they sleep. I mean, I guess you could Up do a eight. whole family kind of thing, and it might work out decently. But the I, website I don't know. 
I saw some pictures today, and I will say they look awesome, and I would love to stay there. Never going to happen in a million years. But it says it sleeps up to eight, and there's like a kitchenette, and, or it's like a kitchen, like a full kitchen, and yeah. split bathrooms, and a living um, room. It better come with um, some like sous chef there making me breakfast, lunch, and yeah. dinner for that yeah. much. Yeah. I like the way they look. They, they look a little uh, retro, which I guess the whole Polynesian vibe is. Exactly. That, it's that kind of sleek 70s Polynesian feel to it. Even the DVC prices seem extravagant. Yeah. Um, 841 to four, um, 1,439 points needed for a week-long stay. And if you kind of estimate, uh, what do they do, like 150 to $160, $160 a point for DVC membership, you're wow. looking at you know at least equivalent of $8,000 to stay for a whole week, even for the <laughs> Disney Vacation Club members. Before the ticket, park tickets and everything. Yeah, good grief. I just can't understand the value here. They do kind of make me laugh because on the Amazing Race one season, they went to Bora Bora, and I always remember that being one of the most beautiful locations they've ever gone to because the water is crystal clear, and these bungalows are amazing. And they have recreated that in a sense, but the Seven Seas Lagoon is yeah. so gross. It's that green, green buddy. <laughs> it's like, mm, you almost got it. No, and Bora Bora, you, you have... are still in a Florida swamp at the end of the day. That's yeah. where you are. One so. of the things I, at Bora Bora that I that I have seen is some of a lot of those bungalows will have um, a glass bottom portion of the their bungalow. People Ooh. obviously can just jump right off of their um, their balconies and into uh-huh. the water and swim. Yeah, that's not going to happen mm. here unless they clean up that area of Seven Seas Lagoon. So algae covered Bora Bora. Mm. When the resort first opened, you could surf out there. The idea was to have a surfing thing, and they had a wave oh, yeah, machine the in the wave. bottom. Okay, I was about to say, are there waves? Yeah, they, they had a wave machine at the bottom of Seven Seas Lagoon. Now, what but was happening? Why did they close it down? It was eroding the beaches and the ah, shoreline yes. so bad from the waves that they had to stop it. And apparently, it's still sitting there, rusting and dying on yeah. the bottom. Well, Jeremy, you are the king of fun facts. And <laughs> since you. you are our resident researcher and historian... We are going to let you take over today's show, and today we're going to be talking about urban legends, whether it's at the park or it's about Walt himself, and these are uh, things that you may have heard, and uh, they probably sound crazy, and sometimes it's because they are and they're not true, but sometimes it's because they are true, and so we're going to let Jeremy teach us about some of those things later and test our knowledge on them, but first, we are going to do another resort roundup. On tonight's edition of Resort Roundup, we're going to be visiting one of Walt Disney World's deluxe resorts. And if I might add a superlative of my own, it's one of Walt Disney's most deluxative resorts. And that is uh, the Contemporary Resort, right there on the shores of the Seven Seas Lagoon, walking distance from the Magic Kingdom, and one of the original resorts to open when Walt Disney World opened in 1971. And Jeremy just reminded me of a nice historical, scientifical, architectural fact, and that is uh, that the resort, and if you're not familiar with one, which one it is, it's the one the monorail goes through. It's shaped <laughs> like a big A-frame hotel. It's very sleek and very modern for the time. I was going to say, it's the one that looks contemporary if it's 1971. <laughs> <laughs> it's very contemporary, and it's the one that has the other large-looking hotel like right next to it, but we'll talk about that in a little while. Um, they actually built the A-frame first 
if I'm correct, the whole building, the structure of the building was built first, just the skeleton. And then the rooms, this is so strange and so contemporary, the, <laughs> the rooms were actually uh, built and assembled off-site, actually transported to the location and like actually like slid into their slots by cranes when the resort was being built. I did not know that. Now, for the life of me, I can't understand why they would do that, except well, they were trying I to be really cool. <laughs> that was, yeah, it was to be cool and contemporary, but I also think the idea was at some point they could slide them back out yeah. and replace them. <laughs> I mean, really. Out. That's Let's the only a logical bungalow thing. Here. <laughs> that's the only thing that makes sense to me is that... That's so strange. Once you kind of seal the inside of the hotel off with windows and glass, it's hard to get a crane back in there to take well, it out. Or you're like walking down the hall and all of a sudden there's just like a room not there. It's just like an open <laughs> hole. Oh, they must have taken out that room that's for refurbishment. Yeah, there's like crime scene tape on it. Uh, I don't know why they would have done this, but looking at the resort, you know, after I heard that, Many uh, a couple years ago, I was like, you know, I can believe that. I, d- I don't know why they would do it again, but that's just a little fun fact for you. Not that really part fun. of the part. Not really part of the review. Uh, it's deluxe because obviously its location, the many amenities it offers. Um, it does have an on-site convention center, which is quite nice, and that's actually part of my story of staying there. Um, so on a normal vacation basis, I would not be able to afford to stay at the Contemporary Resort. Unless I was renting DVC points or something, I think generally the rooms are three hundred to four hundred a night, correct? On average, sure. depending on what level and what view and things. Uh, unless you're out there in the lousy garden view rooms, which uh, I would be. Mad <laughs> oh at. my gosh, I would be so mad. Th- that's the building that you can't even see the park. First of all, because it only goes up like four stories. But second of all, because you're like behind. The other building, yeah. right? If I paid that much to stay at a deluxe resort and got put back there, I'd be like, uh-uh. It's awful. It's like a little Best Western there behind the actual contemporary resort. That's the best way to describe it. It's like the Best Western out back. It really is. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's so odd to see it when you're going by on the monorail if you're going from – because you see Bay Lake Tower and it's you know grandeur and all lit up and modern and sleek. And then you ride through the contemporary and everyone's like, Wow. And then you go right outside as soon as you leave going towards the ticket and transportation center. They're on the left. If you look down, way down. <laughs> What's that? Is that where the gardeners live? I think it's only two stories. Yeah, it's only two stories high. Oh, it's not wow. four stories. Wow. <laughs> it's just so old and janky looking. I was like, why wouldn't they just build over that? But I digress. That's there. You might be able to afford that. I'm not sure about the pricing on those rooms. The reason I was able to stay here now twice is because um, – when they do conferences or conventions at the convention center, they offer a special convention price for staying at the hotel. And it really was remarkably cheap hmm. you know, where, for where you're staying based on that $300 to $400 average on a normal night. To stay, if you are there for a convention, you book through them, you get the discount. It's about $150 a night, oh, which great. isn't awful. It's almost worth – Registering for a convention just to <laughs> pay that extra and go and stay at a deluxe resort if this suits your your needs. So that's happened to me twice. Got that, you know, paid for. Did you for stay it. in the A-frame? Yeah, that's, oh, wow. that's part of the other thing. We checked in the first time we stayed there. We checked in and we got, you know, our key cards and everything. They gave us our room number. Now, upon booking the room, the, the people I was, I was staying with, part of my, my church group that was going for this conference, he said, um, he said we had a Bay Lake view. 
And I was like, oh, that's that's all right. At least we're staying at the Contemporary. No, mm-hmm. It's not a castle view, but Bay Lake is nice, too. And it's the Contemporary, whatever. But they gave us our room number, and they showed it to us on the map. You know how they always circle the room on the map, and they show you how to get there. And, like, as soon as she circled it, and I saw Seven Seas Lagoon, like, in front of it, my heart, like, leapt out of my chest because I like, we're <laughs> we got a Castle View room. we got a Castle View room. And I took my ticket. Now, listen, I took my key... I left my whole group downstairs because they were still talking about tickets and all this stuff. I'm like, I'll see you all later. So I went up to the room. <laughs> I was like running down the hall, got in the room, slung open the curtains, and there is the castle and the Magic Kingdom. And I was like, ah. That's awesome. You just had a little moment there, didn't you? I just had a little church up there in the, in the the before the convention even started. <laughs> I hear like a cartoon sound effect, like, <laughs> I, had to, like, yeah. I had to like shout it out up there for a little while. I had a little tear in my eye, but it was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I said, Castle View, everything was there. Um, about six floors or eight floors up, I don't remember. Uh, fabulous, fabulous view. So um, between the Grand Floridian and Polynesian, if there, are even, if, if there are even any good Cinderella Castle views of the Polynesian, if that's your thing and you really want Magic Kingdom view, see the castle, watch the fireworks – um, this is definitely, definitely, I mean, you can see everything. Hmm. You can almost hear the park sounds, you know, see the top of Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain. It's uh, quite magical in that regard. This is also the only resort that allows you to walk from the resort oh, yes. to Magic Kingdom if you don't want to deal with monorails or buses or anything like that. I mean, it's a good, it's deceptive because you can see the Magic Kingdom. It's a good 15-minute walk to sure. get into the gate. But, I mean, that being said... It's it's remarkably convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the downsides about the contemporary is this. It's a beautiful resort. It's got that wonderful Mary Blair mural there that it's in mm-hmm. the central column of the uh, Grand Canyon concourse is what they call it. Uh, that's beautiful. There's a lot of history there. It's got that small world vibe to it, which obviously because she worked on both of them. And so Disney lovers will appreciate that as well as some of the hidden Mickeys and yeah, all I that. I love that thing. I love that whole, what do you call it, the Grand Canyon Concourse? Yes. Yeah, I love that whole area. It is funny to me that the outside does feel a little less than contemporary perhaps. Yeah. But so, there's something about being inside when the monorail goes by inside. Yeah, it's and, very cool. And where the A-frame comes to an end it's just like a glass it's just glass mm-hmm. panels all the way down and it really is stunning when the sunlight comes in the right way and all of, all of that being said and it being beautiful and it being stunning and it being kind of cool to be there with the monorail going through the overall vibe and feel of the hotel is let's let uh, don't get me wrong it's nice and it's wonderful it's clean it feels like a deluxe resort but it it lacks a certain Disney vibe that I think people, most people going on a Disney vacation want. I totally agree. It could be a hotel in downtown New York City if you, right. if you weren't really aware. As, I mean, you're right that it's stunning and beautiful and wonderful, but so are. It, it's more reminiscent of a, like a Hyatt in New York City or sure. somewhere else than like a Disney resort. Now, maybe that's what they were going for, and they want kind of one sleeker more modern adult-like option for people, especially with these conventions, and people don't want necessarily if they're there for a convention uh, and they don't care about Disney World, they don't want Mickey Mouse, you know, in their face and theme music and all this stuff. So it's just kind of kind of got that really nice modern hotel feel, but minus a little Disney magic. Unless, of course, it's between the hours of like seven and eleven in the morning, 
and you're laying in your bed and you're suddenly woken up by party. I want to whatever the <laughs> song is. Party. You know, Chef Mickey is down there yeah. uh, going off for about four hours. That's the restaurant right in the middle yes. of that whole big lobby area. Yeah, right beside their quick service. Um, Lord, I don't even remember the name of their little quick service. Contempo uh, Cafe, right? Contempo Cafe. Yeah, which is which is great. It's not like a food court at the moderates, but it's still good. Uh, beside that, Chef Mickey's, uh, Chef Mickey, and that's obviously a character buffet featuring the Fab Five. I think all of them, and plus yeah. some, plus Chippendale. One of the hardest restaurants to book at Disney World. Fills Probably up fast. my favorite character meal that we've all ever done together. Really. Oh, yeah. that breakfast where Derek yeah. was kill himself. <laughs> yeah, Derek was not enjoying the breakfast as much, but uh, no, that wasn't Chef Mickey's. I yes, liked it Chef was. Yes, it really? was. I have a video of you holding a face with gun your bit. suicidal <laughs> gunshot. That, that's where they wave the hankies, and I'm like, I just want to eat my food because yeah. this is delicious. Yeah, us church folks, we ask the waitress, "When are we going to wave our hankies?" <laughs> and she's like, "Who says hankies?" <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I did enjoy it. I just. It's so loud in there. It's very loud. Yeah. And this but is not as loud as Whispering Canyon. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. This isn't this isn't a restaurant review, but it's another one of those that definitely go for the character breakfast yeah. there, in my yeah. opinion. It was great. Yeah. And we've all also been to um, their other um, normal table service restaurant, relatively new, The Wave. Of American flavors on the bottom. This is over in Bay Lake Tower, which is the new DVC wing they added in 2008, which is even closer to the park than the A-frame is. Um, and it really doesn't carry with it the A-frame theme. Or no, it's just kind of a brown truck. Now, look, you all said that before, that it was in the Bay Lake Tower. But the entrance to it is directly beside the main check-in counter. You know, you're right. You are right because, because I went over Derek, to Baylor remember, Tower looking for it when y'all said yes, that, and, and we there. did the same thing. Now that I'm remembering, oh, I think you're right. We went to Bay Lake Tower, and she told us, "No, it's in the A-frame. It's in the normal, the main That's building, right? But it's downstairs." Building. Okay, yeah. maybe I thought that because it opened about the same time yes. as the Bay Lake Tower did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. If you go but, right to the right of the check-in counter, there's the the entrance. Okay, to it. I but love Bay the Lake entrance. Tower, I love the entrance to the wave, that tunnel with like the neon light. Not neon, unless it's but, fall, like, and they had the fake uh, they had the fake church decorations up for fall. That was <laughs> oh, not that's good. right. Generally, it is a nice entrance. <laughs> but Bay Lake Tower, it is it is closer to the Magic Kingdom in the sense that it is north of the A frame, but it's kind of set behind the A frame structure. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So it's not necessarily closer in the sense that your view is blocked of the original building. Oh well, yeah, they wouldn't do that. Yeah, so you know, it's it's closer to that back that back portion. It's a pretty right. substantial building. It's very large, and it does have a, a breezeway that connects it to the main. And Bay Lake building. Tower, to just be clear, is the DVC edition. So that's the DVC villas and studios mm-hmm. and all that stuff is now that that Bay Lake Tower. And on the on the top floor is the Top of the World Lounge, which is DVC only, but it's like a little restaurant mm-hmm. and good view yeah. of the fireworks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, speaking top of the world and good view of the fireworks, we've all also been to the main building, the top of the A-frame building. Um, used to be, oh, good grief, it left me. What was the name of the steakhouse that was up there? 
the Contemporary Steakhouse. Yeah, let's, let's, let's call it that. There used to be some sort of steakhouse at the top of the Contemporary. I don't know if it was in the 90s or the 2000s when they renamed it and redid it into the California Grill. But that is the current location and current name of that. Uh, it's a signature restaurant, so that's two points on your dining plan. Which means dollar sign, mm-hmm. dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. Yeah. The range is very expensive. Yeah. And two points. And um, I, we, we all went there together on our first trip. I think it was one of either our second to last or last night we went there. And um, I don't remember what I ordered, and I don't remember the food necessarily. But since then, See, they've redone the menu and redone the restaurant, and it's got a lot of better reviews now. I was still very new to Disney World at the time, and so I wish I could go back now, especially since they've completely redone it and all that. I wish I could go back now and experience it, because I feel like it was too soon for me, and I I didn't really know what was happening. I'm like, am I in Disney World? Why is this restaurant so nice, and why are the portions so <laughs> oh, small? Oh, yeah, because we were all, we had to go back and put on some, like, pants and closed-toed <laughs> shoes and things. Right, right. Yeah. The dress code has uh, relaxed a little bit since then, but mm-hmm. there is still a dress code compared to, like, uh, uh, restaurants in the parks. But I remember it being very good, but also just kind of confusing me. <laughs> yeah. Previously to the California uh, California Grill was the Concourse Steakhouse. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. There you go. Everything's Concourse. We got like an airport over there at the Contemporary. <laughs> One of the big draws for the California Grill, besides the excellent food, is also the view of the fireworks. They have a balcony that now has a second section, yep. and you can go out there after your meal or during or whatever and watch Wishes, and they pipe the music into the sound system. And, and they'll let you go in there. If you have a reservation anytime that night, they'll let you come back and watch their fire, which doesn't sound like a good plan, but they let you do that. <laughs> that sounds like a fire hazard. <laughs> Everybody just people. comes back. Uh, if you had a reservation there for dinner, you can come back anytime. And they'll let you out on the uh, parade, out on the balcony to watch the fireworks. That's nice. whole lot of engagements happening out there. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Did you guys have any other thoughts about the Contemporary Resort? Well, uh, just a brief bit about the rooms. Rooms are nice. Beds are comfortable. They better be. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They they all sleep 5'2", but the, the beds are pretty large. Again, with the deluxe resorts at Disney World... You, you pay a, you pay a whole lot for convenience and I guess available amenities, but you're not paying for a super duper room. It's still a very standard feeling hotel room. You've got two beds and the bathroom. There's not like you know a little sitting area and all this stuff that you'd think you'd be getting for three to four hundred dollars a night. But nonetheless, all the deluxe also come with a, a balcony. So when you get that castle view, you can go sit out there on your balcony. Yeah. Do whatever, eat your dinner, watch fireworks, watch the electrical water pageant. It's it's did pretty you, nice. Did you watch the fireworks from your balcony, Matt? No, no, they didn't have fireworks. Well, no, I didn't. We we the two nights we were there, the night nights of joy were going on. Uh-huh. So you know the park had closed at seven, and um, so the only thing you could see or hear from our balcony in those evenings was some god awful contemporary Christian music. Amy and, Grant. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, Amy. Were you and there Steve, in 1984? Steve Green, yeah, yeah. Bill Gaither. No, that was all happening in uh, all their little pyrotechnic stuff from their stage shows. All we could see. Yeah. I'm well, sure it's a great view. I would not pass up a chance to stay there if I had the opportunity. But I will say, of the three monorail resorts, I would probably choose to say Grand Floridian or Polynesian over Contemporary if I had the choice. Yeah, 
I think the contemporary is the most affordable between the three, <laughs> if I'm not incorrect. I, I, might I would guess that based on, like, demand. And if you just really want to have this and you don't have all that money, renting DVC points is always an option. And it's pretty reasonable, even for a Magic Kingdom view of the Bay Lake Tower. Still expensive, sure. but not what you would pay out of pocket, you know, on your own. Hmm. So overall, nice resort, not very Disney-like. But if that's what you're going for and you want the views and you want the uh, location, then uh, by all means, go with the Contemporary Resort the only and resort all their concourses. The only resort you can see from the Magic Kingdom as well. You can see it in Tomorrowland, which is why it fits the contemporary theme, the oh. futuristic modern theme. Cool. Fun, another fun fact from your fun fact guru. I think you're on the wrong show. You think you could do these things, but you just can't, Nemo! That's it. This honor. This honor on your whole family. Blast this pen. Blast this wretched, wretched pen. No thanks to you, I am the laughing of the entire kingdom. I know it's a rock. Don't you think I know a rock when I see a rock? I've spent a lot of time around rocks. You are a toy. Epcot is Disney World. Animal Kingdom is Disney World. Hollywood Studios, also Disney World. If we're in Epcot and I hear you say you're going to Disney World tomorrow, I will silently judge you. Either put some more comfortable seating in the theater at Finding Nemo the Musical or offer free chiropractic services at the (laughs) exit. Disney, we need to send a couple cast members back to training because they have lost the magic. If I'm standing in the Jungle Cruise line waiting to get on uh, Singapore Sal or whatever, and two cast members are talking about their date later that night, something's wrong. Call me old-fashioned, but I still think cussing in front of children, especially in Disney World, is rude, inconsiderate, and downright trashy. I don't care how hot, tired, or cranky you are. Please drop the F-bomb somewhere else. Stop stripping your children down to their underwear to play in the water at the Casey Jr. Fountain. This is Walt Disney World, not some hippie free-loving compound. Please, please do not place your foot on the seat as you exit the Splash Mountain log I'm about to get into. I realize I'm at a theme park and cannot possibly stay fresh all day, but you can at least make sure I don't walk around with a muddy footprint on my butt. I hate how when you're trying to leave the Magic Kingdom at night during Wishes or the parade, you're suddenly transported to the subcontinent of India, and it feels like it, and it smells like it, and people are everywhere, and they're ushering you out of there in a single file line. <laughs> no, seriously. This past weekend we went, and my wife wanted to leave a little early. And I knew what was ahead of us because Wishes was starting at 9, and we were trying to leave at 9, and we came around the back side of the castle, and it's like immediately people everywhere and i'm pushing a stroller remember we have our little girl oh you're pushing the stroller 
Yeah. Well, I'm a considerate one of those, and I'm trying – my wife's leading the way. We're literally single file, and Disney's – the folks are trying to tell us this is the walkway, this is the walkway. I had not two but three people literally get their wheels wedged under our stroller. And I physically had to move one man and his stroller back. And I said, you need to move back. <laughs> Jessica was kind of giving me the eyeballs and still she understood my, my predicament. And another guy did it. And he literally was trying to like push my stroller with his out of the way. And I turned to him with my hand and I said, no, no. We're all trying to get out together. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's a nightmare. Leave early or leave late. Don't try to leave in that three-hour window. It's, it's terrible. You don't have to be a part of the Disney community for very long before you start hearing some very strange and outlandish things concerning Walt Disney the man, Walt Disney the parks, and Walt Disney the company. And while some of these are true, most of these are false and have no basis in reality at all. And so we want to do a public service this evening and educate our audience so that hopefully people stop passing along this as genuine truth. And uh, Stop posting it on BuzzFeed, please. If it's yeah, not true. BuzzFeed and Twitter and all the message boards, there's just a lot of false things going around. So we're going to address some Disney urban legends. Urban Lugens. <laughs> Is that a skater from Norway? <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready? I'm yeah. ready. I'm very right, curious to go. know what you've got for us. I'm going to get your feedback if you guys think these are true or false as well as we go through them. So okay. the first starting off, kind of easy, and that is there's a rumor going around that there is a private club located at Walt Disney World, and the entrance is near Pirates of the Caribbean in Adventureland. Do you think that's true or false? False. That's false. That is false. It's very false. But the people have this idea. I think it's rooted mainly in the idea because at Disneyland in New Orleans Square near the Pirates of the Caribbean, there is a private club, Club 33, which we've talked briefly about on this show before, I believe. Or if not, there's lots of information about it. It's an exclusive club. Walt Disney started himself. When he went to the 1964 World's Fair, he noticed that a lot of the corporations had private lounges and places for their executives to entertain guests and uh, kind of have a nice private area, if you would. Uh, and Club 33 still exists to this day. So I guess people carry on this idea that there's one in every Disney park. Some people even had say it's called Club 32 or Club 31, <laughs> going along with the same tie-in of the name. But there is no private club at Walt Disney World anywhere. Just yes. the big show building for pirates. Yes, mm -hmm. and just the... Bora Bora Bungalows. I guess those can be considered a private club if you <laughs> can real. afford those. Yeah. Because Club 33 membership is not cheap. Mm -mm. No. It's like a house. It's like tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, the initial – I want to say the initial fee is like $25,000 or $20,000 and then it's like $10,000 a year after that or in fees. Yeah. It's like you could just buy a UPS store franchise for that. Just go do that. Why would you do that? <laughs> I, to make money, <laughs> oh, okay. go buy a franchise. Maybe. Then you can go join Club if I 33. Think of, when I think of corporations that are rolling in money, I think UPS. Well, and the good UPS news is – stores to, are very lucrative to and eat easy to at, get into. 
to eat at uh, Club 33, you don't have to be a member. You just have to have a tie to a member. So somebody who right. is already a member can get you a reservation there. But again, that's very difficult. And uh, from what I understand, too, it's very popular. There's like a waiting list to even buy membership. So I guess there's enough people out there with enough money that want to be a part of it. But no private club at Walt Disney World. Stop telling people there is. Stop looking for it. It does not exist. Got it. All right, the next one is kind of a weird urban legend kind of thing that kind of ties a bunch of urban legends together, and that deals with the idea of death on Walt Disney property. Mm-hmm. And so there's an urban legend that says no one is actually declared dead on Disney property. True or false? You mean by, like, Disney official press releases and stuff? Or what? Like, the idea is that um, if, if something happens on park property... They wait until they are off Disney property until they officially declare the person has deceased. Oh, mm, I'll say false. Do you, do you like ambulance people and, and emergency workers? Do, don't they have to like wait till they get to the hospital, like before death is declared, like a time of death and stuff like that? No, because your coroner can do that, and a coroner travels to a site. Okay, well I'm going to say false then. It is false. Okay, good. Um, I was going to say, Walt Disney World has way too much power if they can say that. Yeah, no, this this kind of stems from the idea that Disney is very, um, I don't want to use the word secretive, but they do have policies in place that if there is an emergency, particularly in the parks, they don't want to make a big show of it. Well, so, sure like, enough. if something happened, like, I'll give you an example. I was at the park, goodness, this has been a couple years ago, and I was walking from Tomorrowland to Fantasyland there by the Speedway, and... All of a sudden, the, there was a cast member that was saying, oh, please walk around this way. And they sent us through the um, cosmic rays to get through. And I was like, what's going on? Well, I kind of peeked and looked. But there was somebody laying in the walkway. It looked like they maybe got overheated or whatever. And there was some medical teams uh, assisting them. So they're, they're very good at not causing a frenzy if there is a medical emergency. And so I think this rumor kind of stems from that, that they have this idea that you know, you know how things start small but build ridiculously that yeah. Disney doesn't want anybody declared dead on their property because of some secretive thing or you know they want to maintain some magical thing aspect of it. But the truth is if you have thousands upon thousands of people visiting your property day in and day out, just statistically, accidents are going to happen. Mm-hmm. People are going to die. In fact uh, – <laughs> Just reading about people who have passed away in, in on Disney property and in the parks, uh, as far as ride safety goes, up until 1998, no one had died in a Disney park on an attraction due to the attraction malfunctioning. Oh, no. What attraction ruined the record? Well, uh, it was actually – well, before that, it was like people just doing stupid stuff. Like yeah. One person died because they stood up while the Matterhorn was going. And they fell off and cracked their skull, you know. So it was all their own own so doing. So you mean up until 1998 in both on both coasts? Yes. Wow. And and the first death was actually in Disneyland in in 1998. It was on the uh, the Columbia Columbus or Columbia the ship Columbia Columbia the 200 foot ship uh, <laughs> exactly. that a core. I'm gonna look this up, and you're gonna be you're gonna feel really stupid if it is 200 feet. I will, but uh, the a cord snapped and apparently struck Ooh. a guest or two, and, and someone passed away from that. So, uh, anywho, there was a cast member, however, that passed away in Disneyland, 
at the American Sings attraction back in the early 70s, where the American Sings replaced the Carousel of Progress, which came to Walt Disney World. And she was actually smashed because you know how the theater rotates. Uh-uh. She got stuck between one of the rows. <laughs> it's not funny, Matt. Oh my gosh! She got stuck between a smashed, non. Though. Well, I mean, literally, she got stuck be- wedged she between. She was crushed. Okay, crushed. She, she was smashed. not intoxicated. Making- I don't know the medical terms. <laughs> it's like uh, I'm making like some smashed potatoes at the house. <laughs> Same similar concept. She got wedged between. A non-moving wall and one of the walls that turned with the theater. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it was very sad. And after that, they shut the ride down. They um, installed sensors after that. And they also implemented the walls to kind of break away so that would never happen again. But, anywho, a lot of weird rumors and things you'll hear concerning death and mortality. Well, over at Disney World, one true story that I can say is the. When you ride Mission Space, which I'm so sorry if you are riding Mission Space, but they have the orange <laughs> cards and the green cards, and the green card says, I I would much prefer to ride the safer, um, non-G-Force version of the ride, and then the orange ones say, oh, give me the G-Force, let's do it. Well, and, it's, it's intensity. Right. Uh, it's level of intensity, and the reason they do that is because there was a death. It, it was a heart It was a heart problem, right? No, one spins and one does not. Yeah, right. yeah. The the green you can go rock back and forth, but the orange spins. <laughs> you know, it's like a rocking chair. It's really intense. I did the green for the first time a couple weeks ago, and it's actually more intense than I, I thought it would be, and all, oh. and and very similar to the original experience. But it it just subtracts the uh, the spinning gravitron g forces away from the whole thing. So mm-hmm. there's none of that. Anyway, sorry. Back to topic. What's the next one you've got? All right, the next one. The plane located in the Casablanca scene in the great movie ride, actually from the movie, true or false? No. I've heard that. I don't think it is. False. It is false. It is just a normal plane. In fact, uh, in researching this, the plane featured in the attraction, the great movie ride, is a Lockheed Electra 12A type plane. If you know anything about planes, oh, that means something yeah. to you. Yeah. But they say none of that type of a plane actually appears in the film at all. So it's but not even a I film can't remember. Matters. I can't remember, but you're going to remember, Jeremy. Where's the other half of this plane? Well, that Jungle was my Cruise. next trivia question. Yes, where Jungle is the back Cruise. half of that plane? It okay. is in Jungle That's Cruise. right. That's right. So uh, that was just a, a prop, a normal plane, and that's uh, – what it is another wasn't part of it also wasn't part of it also featured on um the old uh, like take flight if you had wings um q we uh, were never at disney world for that ride so we don't know well that you can read if you had wings <laughs> i think it is i think the middle part what do you call the the fuselage yeah. is that the name of it i think that was on there look that up you gotta oh, research okay. do that okay. on your snopes now, this episode might seem fact-heavy to you listeners, but it's actually um, a really good tip for next time you visit the park, because when you're on the great movie ride and you hear someone whisper that, you can be like, you're an idiot. That is not really from the movie Casablanca. As I dummy. often do. Uh, the next smashed. one. Walt Disney is one of the singing busts in the Haunted Mansion. They're in the graveyard uh-huh. scene. The, the four busts are there. And the bust that is off of his... Mantle? Is that what you would call that? A, po- a pedestal? 
whatever the bus sits on, there's one that's kind of fallen off. Uh, A lot of people say that that is Walt Disney. True or false? Like his voice? No, his 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 likeness, his face. No. I feel like that would be so obvious, wouldn't it? If you look it up, it looks like him. I was a perpetrator of this when I was younger, like nine or eight, because it looked like him. I didn't hear from anybody that looked like him. Google it right now, Derek. But I'm going to say say false. It is false. It is not Walt Disney, despite the fact. How did I not know that? It does look like him. It really does. But it is not him. Okay, I'm going to have to look this up. Yeah, it's actually Thurl Ravenscroft, who is a very popular uh, Disney voice. You hear him in Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Haunted Mansion, Enchanted Tiki Room. Uh, Country Bear Jamboree, but he's also known as the voice of Tony the Tiger, the original Tony the Tiger. Yeah. They're great. And also, um, he uh, just went, oh, he's the one that the narrator from The Grinch. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So yes. the, he's a mean one. Yes. Yeah. That's Thurl Ravenscroft. And he's the, the voice of the ghost host as well. But he does have a likeness to Walt Disney, and I can see how people would think that it was Walt what Disney. What a great there. name for someone that's in the Haunted Mansion. Thurl, Thurl Ravenscroft. Yeah, it sounds right. like a fake name. Like an Edgar yeah. Allan Poe tie-in. Yeah. yeah. All right, the next rumor, uh, or urban legend rather, there is a basketball court in the Matterhorn at Disneyland. True or false? That is absolutely true. I've seen blueprints of that. True. It is true. Now, it is a little deceiving because when I think basketball court, I think like a YMCA gym, you know, like <laughs> right, that right. size. And so when you look at the Matterhorn, you're like, wow, how is there a basketball court? It's really just like a rim and a basketball goal kind of a thing with like we a little our, place. We know our terminology. <laughs> with like a little place for them to play. Like <laughs> uh, not even like a half court. It's more no, like yeah. just like a wedge. But I guess it was some place that the cast members could take a break and shoot some hoops, as they say. They have some old pictures posted somewhere in Disneyland that I saw from the 60s of some cast members back there shooting hoops. I think that's kind of neat. In their slacks and tucked in shirts. And when somebody goes, I want to go play some basketball, you can say, well, we can go to the top of the Matterhorn and shoot some hoops. First, we have to fly to California. Yeah. But... And Disneyland. Uh, next urban legend that's floating around out there, and that is when you are meeting the characters from Toy Story, such as Woody and Jesse, if you yell, Andy's coming, the toys will drop to the ground. True or false? False. And I hear that so often from people who have never even been to Disney World. I feel like... I, I feel like... I- <laughs> That's like a main attraction. At any moment, if I said, hey, I'm going to Disney World next week, someone would be like, hey, don't forget to yell, Andy's coming. I'm like, you don't even care about Disney World. Where did you hear this? Yeah. Now, here's the thing. I want to say false as a normal thing. Somewhere in the past at some time, I'm sure this has happened. And that's exactly true. That, that, you're right, Matt. And then that, that's from what I'm researching this I've discovered. At some point, this did happen. Maybe it was a joke at first or it was yeah. like a, just an uncommon thing that every now and then they would do. But apparently a picture of this uh, circulated on social media and it became this like huge thing. And it got to the point that like every guest meeting Woody would be like, Andy's coming. And so, you know, you can imagine first off for the cast member who is playing the part of Woody that day, how exhausting that would be to have to drop to the ground and get up 
you know, every uh, 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. And just a safety hazard. Can you imagine with little children meeting the characters and things? If all of a sudden, you know, a 200-pound Woody just <laughs> fell to the ground. Fell <laughs> to Woody. You'd get smashed. You know, and smash as a toddler, how yeah. horrific that would be. So, anywho. Uh, yeah, if you go there and you say, Andy's coming now, the cast member will give you a canned line of some type to say, oh, I think the coast is clear or something to that effect. So, that won't happen. I assume you mean the cast member with Woody and the Buzz. The character attendant, yeah. Yeah, Because yeah. Woody will put his hands over his mouth and nod very yeah. Yeah. quickly. The cast member with the 200-pound Woody. The next urban legend has to do with the fact that Disney is so attentive to those small, minute details and the authenticity that they bring to their attractions. Is that a word? It is now. Uh, And that is this, that the horse-drawn carriage that is in front of the Haunted Mansion actually carried the body of Brigham Young. (laughs) How random. That is very random. The random Um, Mormon history in the parks. False. I've never heard that, but I would guess false. Well, it is mostly false. Uh, as far as it carried it, part really, of his body. No, it, there's just really no way to actually prove. Well, he was unfortunately smashed. Well, there is uh, several things. First off, it's from all historic records. It says there was no horse-drawn hearse at the funeral of Brigham Young, for one. But two, there is no like um, serial number or anything that identifies the hearse on there. On it, it's all been removed. Uh, so there's no way to prove that it was ever in Utah or ever, um, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's probably just a normal vintage. It makes you hearse. wonder where these random stories come from. Like, who thought to make up the story about, did you know that that was the carriage that carried Brigham Young's body? And beyond that, who cares if it's. Uh, that's so random. I it is so random, but it, I understand how these things build because maybe somebody says it just as a joke or whatever, but it kind of – it adds that creepiness to it, I guess, because it is the Haunted Mansion. That's true. And so it really kind of – if you think about, wow, that actually – and then you kind of realize Disney's Mormons. a company that would do something that authentic. You're like, wow, that's kind of cool. It's the same thing with – I didn't add this to my list, but I'll say it now. Out in front of the Haunted Mansion, there was like a ring in the cement – Oh, I've heard that, yeah. the urban legend that grew up behind it, which was uh, carried on by cast members, was that the bride in the attic, this was her wedding ring that was thrown out the window, and it's been embedded into the concrete there. Again... This is perpetuated by other Disney podcasts that I've listened to. Yeah, Hmm. but again, that is just totally false. There's no... The Imagineers have come out and said, no, that was just... Oh, something in the concrete well, for the Well, you know what it was. The it, yeah, it would, they had they used to have an exit turnstile, and they had, like, the two steel poles in the ground, and they sawed them off. Yeah. And uh, one of them just left, like, the steel ring in the asphalt, so. Yeah, there you go. I guess, you know, it's kind of fun to make up stuff like that, I guess, you know, if you wanted to make it up amongst your friends and create sort of like a fan fiction kind of a thing. But don't pass it off as truth to confuse your average guest. That's kind of not very Disney-esque. That's just wrong. It's just wrong, people. Wrong. This one, this next one I have heard, actually heard myself being spread in the parks. Oh, my goodness. And that is that Cinderella's Castle, you know, we live in Florida. Matt and I do. And Walt Disney World is in Florida. And uh, we have hurricanes. (laughs) And so the rumor is, or the urban legend is, Cinderella's Castle can be dismantled in 48 hours. 
in the event that a hurricane comes because it's made of fiberglass. <laughs> True or false? It's made of Legos, more like, is what that legend sounds like. <laughs> no, that's, that is ridiculous. It that is, is the biggest piece of horse poop I've done ever heard. There is a level of fiberglass that is in the construction, but it is not as much fiberglass as what people think. It is steel and cement, just like any other building, and it cannot be dismantled. If it were to be dismantled, it would take weeks. Not to mention, if you're having a hurricane... <laughs> I was just about to say, who wants to be on duty when they're like, a hurricane is coming? Quick, go to the castle and spend two hours taking it apart. Let's get the castle down yeah. in two days. <laughs> <laughs> and think about the fact that you would take this giant crane when there's already wind starting to blow, how dangerous it would be to operate this crane out there. People in this still park. walking around the park, everything. Yeah. But uh, in my research, I discovered that Cinderella Castle was actually built, though, with hurricanes in mind and can yes. withstand winds up to 110 miles an hour. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, part of the old monorail spiel used to be something, something, Cinderella Castle, blah, blah, blah. It was built to last forever. So mm-hmm. it can uh, withstand those those hurricane winds and floods and fires and They really can live happily ever ISIS. after in that castle. ISIS. She shall reign forever <laughs> and ever. ISIS. Oh, they might could take her down, but then I'll kill them, so it's okay. The next one is actually what spawned this whole topic, and that was Walt Disney was dishonorably discharged from the military. Now, I say this because I have a family member who knows I'm a Disney fan, and Disney usually comes up at some point when I'm home visiting over the holidays and things, as it did this past Christmas. And every time he goes out of the way to tell me, you know, Walt Disney was dishonorably discharged from the military, and I usually just giggle and say, oh, yeah, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> well, okay, giggle's you not giggle. a good word, but... <laughs> 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 you throw him, throw him I, off his scent. I shrug. <laughs> wow. He, Stop. He did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, I know those people who always have to rain on your parade. Like when I was wanting to go to Disneyland, and the first thing they say is, "Oh, it's not as good as Disney World." Oh, thank yeah. you. I'll cancel my trip now. Thanks. Well, back to my story, though. Sorry. This time, for whatever reason, I guess I was feeling feisty. I told them, I said, "You know, you are the only person I've ever heard that from, and I have never seen that anywhere else." I guess he took that as a challenge because uh, the a couple days later, we were all gathered together again, and he goes. You know what? I couldn't find anything on the internet about that. But I know he was dishonorably discharged from the military. Well, he was not. First off, Walt was never actually in the military. He joined, uh, for World War One. he joined the Red Cross Ambulance Corps, which was separate than the U.S. military. So he never actually served in a in the Army or Navy or any of that. Uh, he did spend some time over in Europe after World War I, but he was uh, deployed after combat had ended. He was there for kind of the um, aftermath of the war. The cleanup, you know, the aftermath. And he drove an ambulance. Uh, I think part of this also stemu- stems from Walt did get in trouble one time when he was in France driving the ambulance. The story goes that he and another guy were uh, driving from Paris to another city carrying some supplies. And on the way, their truck broke down. Uh, Walt sent the other guy back to Paris to send help to tow the truck. Well, when the guy got to Paris, instead of going straight for help, he went to the bar and got himself a drink and stayed there for two days. He got smashed. 
he got, and he stayed there for two days. Well, during this two days, Walt uh, said, it's cold, I'm hungry, and he went to a local ho- uh, house there, a local village, to find some food. When he came back to the truck, um, it was gone. And so when he went back, he faced some discipline for that. But they had a hearing. Now, little-known fact, this was the inspiration for Steamboat Willie. Ah, there you go. And um, But, well, ultimately he did not get in trouble at all for that because uh, they found that him leaving was reasonable. Like, if you stay there two days and nobody comes, clearly you need some food and water. So, uh, he did not face any discipline. He wasn't discharged dishonorably from anywhere. In fact, uh, talking later in his life uh, with his daughter Diana, Diane, who did his biography of him... Um, he spoke fondly of his time in France with the Ambulance Corps. So nothing negative came out of that. He was not dishonorably discharged from the military. Okay. That bit I said about Steamboat Willie is completely false. I don't want to okay. perpetuate her. <laughs> it, it was silent for a second because I'm like, I don't, I don't know if he's being honest or what. This is the only show where we will disprove urban legends and start new ones all at the same time. <laughs> in the same show. You... <laughs> You want us in your homes in 2015. <laughs> That's right. Order now. In Twitter. All right. The next <laughs> one is also deals with Walt Disney. And this is a very passionate one as well. And that is Walt the Disney. Passionate? Was, yeah. I was like, are you passionate about it? What do you sorry. Mean? I'm passionate about it. Oh, and okay. that is this idea that Walt Disney was racist, anti-women, or anti-Semitic. Uh, this has been just said over and over and over again, and there's lots of resources online that can just that can disprove this. But let's just take this apart, just in a nutshell. First off, the racist um, thing has been thrown at Walt. Uh, first off, you have to remember Walt Disney was a man who lived in another time than we currently live. And that's not to excuse the behavior, but it was just to say it was more of a cultural thing. Second people thing, have cart- learned since then. People have learned mm-hmm. since then. Second thing is cartoons, particularly in the 30s and the 20s and the 40s, part of being a cartoon and animation was you um, exaggerated things. And so they did exaggerate stereotypes to an extent for the sake of comedy. Again, whether you think that's right or wrong, it's just the way it was. But going to the fact that Walt Disney himself as a man was racist is completely absurd. Uh, In fact, um, Floyd Norman, who is still living, uh, was a young man who was hired at the Disney studio in the 1950s and worked with Walt personally. Floyd Norman was actually the first African-American to be hired in an animating animator's position uh, in the United States. So Walt Disney really broke some ground there in in hiring some diversity in the 1950s, which was 10 years ahead of the civil rights movement. Um, So Walt was kind of ahead of himself. And in fact, Floyd Norman has said repeatedly that if Walt Disney was a racist, it was not the man he ever knew. Walt never said anything uh, ugly or harmful or anything about him to him about anybody that he ever heard. Uh, the and second this thing is just in time for Martin Luther King Jr. Day this Monday, which we will now celebrate and commemorate as Martin Luther King slash Walt Disney is not a racist day. <laughs> I will have my own parade. I'm not going to work that day. I mean, either. <laughs> well, it was also said by um, 
that he was anti-women and anti-Semitic. Again, when you look into the history, nothing backs up these claims. Walt hired plenty of women. In fact, we mentioned Mary Blair earlier. Mary Blair was hired as uh, part of the Wed Enterprises, which eventually became Imagineering, as she you know, was a fantastic artist, well-respected by Walt and given positions of leadership. And the same thing with uh, those who were Jewish in the, in the, uh, in the company as well. And, and there's things online that show how Walt donated to uh, different diverse causes. He, at the opening of Disneyland, he had representatives from the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, and the Jewish synagogue. So there's all these things that, you know, without – it makes it sound like Walt's the guy that's like, no, I'm not racist, but, you know, here's all my reasons why I'm not racist. You know how people who are racist do that. But he yeah. was not. There was. There's no evidence that he ever was dis, uh, discriminatory against somebody. Is that a word? Yeah. Discriminatory. discriminatory. Sure. Yeah. That it he works, ever yeah. discriminated against somebody based on their ethnicity or their gender. Well, that's good to hear. I'm going to send this podcast to uh, your girl Meryl Streep. I know. I love that. Meryl, but she's wrong. If you, and if you want more information about this, let me recommend and don't uh, roll your eyes at me, gentlemen. But Jim Corcus has a great article that really breaks down all of you know some details and things about I this. I think they like went to the back of my brain. I rolled <laughs> them so far. I will put a link to this article in the show notes if you want. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Jim Corcus has all sorts of behind-the-scenes stories at the parks, and Jeremy has shared some of them with us that seem like the most outlandish stories I've ever heard. Many of which belong on this show. Yes. <laughs> First off, Jim Corcus is a Disney historian and a great guy. And ninety eight percent of what he says, I was just about I have to say. No doubt. I was just about to ask you if you had met him because you seem to think he's a great guy. But I was there at the day. <laughs> yes. He did. Listen, we he were talking. Him. This is a funny story. I was I was sharing some facts I learned from Jim Corcus. He's written several books, by the way. Facts if you're interested, in quotation marks. No, these are true facts. He's a, he's the man, and they were making fun of me. And lo and behold, we stopped. We were at Epcot, and we stopped at guest services or something. And I swear I was like, there he is. And there he sat (laughs) on the bench. Because I had been threatening to punch him all week based on Jeremy's (laughs) fables about Pinocchio's village house. Yeah, We'll have an episode soon called The Ridiculous Things Jim Corcus Says, and we'll share all these stories. Jim, if you're listening to this, I am a fan. I want you to come on this podcast. These two are haters, but I have your books. Listen, I read your books. Jim, They're wonderful. I'm sure you're a nice gentleman, but you've got some made-up memories in there somewhere. No. Listen, The Vault of Walt, great book. Who's Afraid of Song of the South, great book. These are all good Disney histories. Okay, I really am going to check those out. Great. I will Moving not. on. Uh, the next one. The word sex appears in The Lion King. Okay. I don't know if you're going to say it's a legend or not, but I swear it looks like that. I, I'm sure that, they didn't what do you purposely think? put it there. The same. I see it. Whether it's intentional or not, I don't know. I don't want to give an answer because I really don't know. Well, according to things I've read online, while it does appear and you, you know, it's... If, it's one of those things that if I tell you it's there, then you'll see it. But if you don't know it's there, you probably won't see it. Right. But um, according to what animators say, it's actually SFX, 
which is a nod to the special effects, mm. which if you remember in the early 90s was a time when a lot of that computer effects was coming big, especially in animation with Little Mermaid and things. So they have put that in there as a nod, as an Easter egg to the FSX department. But unfortunately, it came up as sex. And the scene we're talking <laughs> no about... No one is thought scene. of that as they were making the movie. <laughs> and the, the scene yeah. we're talking about is um, an adult... Simba, and he's on kind of a ledge, and he flops down, and the dirt kind of comes up into the air, and the yeah. letters appear in the dirt. Again, something that you probably wouldn't see unless you're looking for it, but it's there nonetheless. So, That's again, funny. I, hey, are I, we tackling? Can I tackle another one of these while we're on this? I think I know what you're going to say. So, wait you a got second. some more. Yeah. Um, and that is this next one. Now, this is a little delicate, so we're going to be very careful Ooh, how we address these things. 13 territory here. This next one deals with the Little Mermaid, and there is this rumor that the minister performing the wedding at the end is um, aroused in a manner. And mm. again, this is just seeing what you want to see. If you know, if you if you point it out, yeah. you're hey hey. But if you see the character, he's a short character. Yes. He's meant to be a caricature, if you would, and. All you have to do is wait another two seconds in the in the clip, and he turns, and what you see is actually the nubs of his knees. So these are knee and joints. And in the other clip, this is uh, – yeah, I've, I've shown people this a thousand times because I've heard this I a thousand you times. Have, man. <laughs> Guys, look. <laughs> now, people will say it, and I will go get the movie to show them that is not true. Two times you can see clearly. One is when you're when you kind of zoom in from um, Scully's uh, – point of view as he's swooping down onto the ship scuttle can, scuttle yeah scully <laughs> x-files x-files scully. Oh, scully. Yeah, scully yeah okay one time is actually when you zoom into um scuttle's point of view the seagull scuttle and he's swooping down onto the ship and your kind of point of view from him you can see clearly that it's either his knees and then from another angle his like feet are hanging off a stool that he is standing on. Like you said, he's short, and he's standing clearly on a wooden stool. Like, you can see it very clearly. And so that appendage that is imagined there is his feet and or knees extending from the the wooden stool. So Uh there is nothing there. Myth busted. I guess my biggest thing is, why would Disney want to put something like that in their films to begin with? I mean, I just don't understand. If you want to make those kind of films, there are places that you can go you can go work at South Park, you can go work at, you know, those well, kind of things. But look, if you're going to work at Disney, you understand the company, you understand the purpose. So yeah, I don't see I can see someone who like you're in charge of this scene and then be being in some, you know, immature mood and being like I bet this would pass through and nobody would see it. Yeah. Let's sneak this in there. And maybe they had planned to tell someone later, and then they forgot, and then somehow ended up in the movie. Like, I could see it happening, but I don't think it did. But the fault, the big thing that happens here is even though, even if that had happened, and, you know, the, the secret, whatever, suggestive dialogue is in Aladdin that they say mm-hmm. is there, and all this other stuff is there, it's like, so what if a couple animators or whatever were goofing around and snuck this in there? The thing that goes crazy town is when people start talking, well, Disney is pro-sex, and they're trying to force sex down our children's throats, and they're just perverted people. And, you know, it's like, 
it's just it's the, way beyond the thing. It's the same thing from like the 1960s when you, everybody was like, if you play the record backwards, you can hear all these subliminal messaging, you know, in the Beatles' yeah. music. And it's like, well, first off, who has the time to do that? And second, <laughs> why would the Beatles care to do that? You know, yeah. you see what you want to see in a sense. But uh, my other thing is. Okay, uh, let's go with your premise that somebody being immature one day puts a joke in there. Do you know how many eyes see oh, yeah. these kind of things before the general public ever does? I mean, you have uh, not only the animators, but you have the inkers, you have the, the color team, you have the director, you have the producers, you have, you know, and they're doing these dailies, and it's going through all these different hands that clearly if there was something that was blatantly inappropriate, it would have been caught. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I have one more. And that is this. Disney once released an animated film, an animated short, called The Story of Menstruation. True or false? Oh, my. I've never heard that. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say true. It is true. (laughs) Wow. It was released in 1948. Is this on YouTube? It is, and it was commissioned by a company, the company that is now known as Kimberly Clark, and it was part of a, a educational, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A series, I guess, that they were giving away to uh, American schools to help uh, with general health, and they also did some on science and some on uh, some propaganda films for the war and those kind of things. But it is available online, called the Story Administration. If you're curious, it's there. <laughs> it's about ten minutes long. I have seen it, and I learned a lot. That is great. Oh my I can't imagine what they would teach on a movie from the 40s. Like, I feel like they would be as delicate as they possibly could, you know? Or not, because it was kind of a time before there was a lot of the political correctness that we have today. So yeah, That's true. You know. That's true. So, we're not going to cover, like, the singular Disney urban legend myth of all time? I think I know where you're going. Oh, is this oh, about? actually, yes. No, that is in my notes. Why did I skip that? Oh, my goodness. This has got to make a big deal about this one. Yes, I cannot believe it. I'm so sorry. I skipped it. Maybe because so I would have wanted to save it for last and I forgot about it. Uh, and that is Walt Disney is frozen, cryogenically frozen and will be revived and brought back to life one day. That is absolutely true. And I cannot wait. Yeah, for some reason this has gone on for whatever reason. Some sometimes oh you hear his whole body is frozen. Other times you just hear his, yeah, head, just his is head frozen. Hey, his, this is you know. actually perpetuated on the Golden Girls on the one episode where they're talking about <laughs> dying, and they actually have this whole dream where yes. the three of them are there with their heads on the tables on ice. And then like, Sophia gets a body. So she, yeah. she talks about how the big thing is ninety-year-old heads on like twenty-year-old bodies. Yeah, yeah, I That's remember. A mess. This yeah. one got around, even on the Disney uh, Buena Vista programming on ABC. Oh, my. <laughs> but again, not true, and just plain ridiculous. I mean, Walt think- was uh, cremated, correct? He correct? was cremated, yes. and, and his remains were uh, are at the Forest Lawn Cemetery in Los Angeles, next to his wife, his youngest daughter, and his son-in-law. So you can go and see that if you are ever in Forest Lawn at... Los Angeles, but no frozen head, no frozen body anywhere. Walt Disney, although you know it would be a make for a nice frozen tie-in. I'm sure somehow they would yeah. have uh, an Olaf <laughs> there. But and when he yeah. wakes up, he can sing for the first time in forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Did you all have any other uh, urban legends that you wanted to address? 
Well, there are a couple... Uh, I think it just as important as it is to clear the air about things that aren't true, I think it's also important to now that we've debunked all those to say some of those out there are true and there are a few i had like that like for instance the utilidors are absolutely true which is the fact that magic kingdom is kind of on the second level and at ground level are these um sort of i guess underground because it's under main street these corridors that's like a backstage area for the cast members and that is absolutely true do you know why there are utilidors in the magic kingdom in florida uh well for staging areas, but I think where you're heading is the fact that you don't want people who are wearing Tomorrowland costumes to be seen in Adventureland or wherever. I guess Not would, that that has stopped them recently. <laughs> yeah, know. the story but goes like on that their it, way outside the park, being yeah. seen in a costume that does not match the land they're in. The story yeah. goes that Walt Disney was in the parks one day and he saw a Tomorrowland cast member going through Frontierland or something on his way to the break room. And it ruined the theming. And mm. so they put in the Utilidors that way you don't have to see cast members from other lands yeah. where they're not supposed to be. Yeah. So I, I, I would love to go down there one day. Disney has per- helped to perpetuate – how to say it? Disney has helped to perpetuate the disbelief of this fact because they tease you by not calling them tunnels. And they'll say, hey, how many – and I don't remember where this is – where I've heard this, but somebody would ask, you know, like Disney people – or maybe it was on Disney Channel or something. They'd be like, "Some people say there are Disney tunnels underneath there. Are, there are tunnels underneath the Magic Kingdom. Is this true or false?" And everybody's like, "Oh, true, whatever." And they they always say false because they have this definition of tunnels that has to be underground. And you know, technically they're not underground. They're like the first floor or whatever, like you said. So yeah, I've heard that several times. That's they, weird. they don't, yeah. They've caused people not to believe in the yeah, fact. Yeah, that's very deceitful. Uh, no, just the other two I had was one that um, women are... Some women like to flash the camera as they're coming down Splash Mountain. Obviously, that's true. Like, if you've lived in America for any time at all, you know people are going to do that. But um, people are classless and tacky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Since when? Yeah. Yes, actually, would they call that Flash Mountain, by the way? Exactly. <laughs> I, that's what I had written down, Flash Mountain, yeah. Uh, and then the last one, that on Main Street USA, some of the scents you smell are actually chemically manufactured and piped out onto the street, and that has been confirmed by several sources that they do that yep. to keep that fresh, like, vanilla bakery-type scent going at all times. It happens every time you walk. We just did it this Saturday. We walked by the confectionery, and my wife smelled it, and I don't think I've told her that fun little fact yet. It's like, mmm, that cotton candy smells good. It makes me want some. I'm like, bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Disney wins. Disney won Jessica Zero. Yeah. It's the same way when you walk by Morocco and you smell the curry. It just draws you in. Mm, that's got to be mm. real, though. Yeah, no, you you're smelling the people who work there. Not the- <laughs> and there we've offended a, a, a another uh, people group. Is people offended. group. So another show complete, folks. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally kidding. Wow. I have one last one. I don't know that, that, we, that I didn't. I didn't try to confirm or deconfirm it or whatever. And that's that someone was uh, decapitated on Space Mountain. Oh, has that or has that not happened? I don't know. I will say I am terrified to lift my hands on that ride yeah. because it's so dark and the tracks are so close to you. When you're in those the two tunnels, the um, the blue tunnel and then the red tunnel at the end, you can. Average sized person like me, uh, height wise, can can lift our can lift your hands and scrape 
the top of that tunnel. Mm-mm. Yeah. But Mickey Mouse has ridden and Goofy has <laughs> ridden Space Mountain. And they got big heads. Is that and confirmed? They, like, yeah, is that something see, that has happened? Yeah, you see pictures of the characters riding the attractions. So. Jimmy, one day I'm going to teach you about Photoshop and how that works. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh. but that's a good point. Is that true? I mean, that's not true, right? There's no way. I have no idea. Um, no. I'm looking it up again. A really tall person could leave. stand up and be decapitated. Well, yeah, stand up if you're an idiot. But did, no idiots go to Disney World. Oh, yeah, all right. Then all of our 11-second rants are for naught. According <laughs> yeah. to the intro web, take it as you will, at Walt Disney World, there's been three incidents on Space Mountain. A seven-year-old boy fainted on the ride and later died of natural causes, but he was a terminally, can- terminally ill cancer patient visiting with Give Kids the World. Good that's Lord. That's, that's oh, terrible. But what a way to go out. Uh, December of 2006 as well, a 73-year-old man lost consciousness while riding Space Mountain. Uh, he was taken to the hospital and died three days later. Died of natural conditions due to a heart condition. And in 1998, a 37-year-old man was hit on the head by a falling object. His left wow. arm was paralyzed and he suffered from short-term memory loss, losing his job in the, in the process. Two objects were discovered at the bottom. Uh, it was a camera and a candle from Frontierland Yikes. that struck him. Great so. day. So you might say space was their final frontier. Oh. <laughs> that was a fun sound. I was going to uh, say, uh, <laughs> now that I Death is inevitable. At Disneyland, it says um, somebody got ill and uh, minor injuries. Blah, blah, blah. Death killed. Blah, blah, blah. blah wait. <laughs> Death is no, according to the intro web, there have been several people that have been injured on uh, Space Mountain. Again, mostly due to neglect on their mm-hmm. own behalf or pre-existing conditions. But no one has ever lost their head on Space Mountain. <laughs> hmm. My uncle used to tell a really funny one <laughs> about <laughs> somebody dying. And that was that the uh, the Astro Orbiter, Orbiter, <laughs> formerly the Star Jets... That one of the rockets came unhinged uh-uh. and, <laughs> and flew off. And yeah, due and to that the, is Apollo 13, if you've ever seen that movie. <laughs> right, right. Due to the centrifugal force, somehow it landed in the 20,000 seas. 20,000 leagues of the sea. Yes. And the person's just sitting there in the rocket like... <laughs> I always used to hear the stories about people throwing pennies out of Tower of Terror and like killing people oh, who are yeah. on the ground. Oh, people are stupid. Yeah. First off, you don't stand any. There's no guests near where those pen, the, where those pennies would land. So that yeah. doesn't make sense at all. You might kill so a janitor. To sum up tonight. To sum up tonight's uh, show. Do you not care about janitors, Jeremy? Are their lives not valuable? <laughs> they are. I'm just the saying way, the way he said it. Was like, I mean, you might kill a janitor, but <laughs> but not people. <laughs> not a person. <laughs> Um, Especially if they're from Morocco, according to Derek. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Now, come on. You know that anyone who eats curry, even if it's myself, just smells like it that day. I mean, you just can't help it. That is true. To sum up today's show, people are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And they make up junk. Yes. And they pay for the bungalows at Polynesian. I don't know what it is, but... The bus drivers tell a lot of fa- false and fake 
things. Have you ever noticed that? It's the only way you'll pay attention to them. That oh, used to be the thing. Like when when we started going kind of more regularly, and I could remember things. I remember my parents specifically always telling people, "You always need to ride the bus because they have the inside scoop." And that was just kind of the thing. So every time we get on a bus, my you uncle or somebody would start scoop. talking to the bus driver. <laughs> you know, like he works at Disney Imagineering. He's just driving the bus on his days off. <laughs> you know, That's Marty Sklar right there driving yeah. our bus. <laughs> no. Oh, don't listen to bus drivers. Whatever they say, they they lie. They're just as bad as janitors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've given the listeners enough good tips for today. On our next show, we're going to have Jim Corcus giving some more crap. To all of us. Hey, so, hey, we yeah, are not offending Corcus. We want no. him to show. I would love for him to be on our show. Hey, we have his protege here. If Jeremy's you, all up Jim Corcus bungalow. If you, <laughs> if you have ever heard of something that didn't sound quite right, a Disney company. <laughs> I've company, heard lots of things that didn't sound quite right. About the parks or about the yeah. company or about the man. Send us a tweet, send us an email, let us know. We'll research it, and on our next Disney Urban Legends show, whenever that is, we will address those. Because we all are about proclaiming the good news of Walt Disney, and we want that good news to be true. Absolutely. Well, when you're sending those things to us, send them to comments at madchatters.net or... Go send us a tweet at mad underscore chatters or tell us on Facebook because we're on there too. Uh, While you're listening on iTunes, please take the time to review us because that is how we get our name to people who may not know about us. And uh, thank you so much for listening. It's been a fun 16 episodes and we're looking forward to many more. So we'll see you next week. Bye.